Welcome to Step Into the Story. Incredible conversations of how the Bible changes lives, changes families, and changes communities across the globe. And here's your host, Phil Tuttle of Walk Through the Bible. Welcome to Step Into the Story. Every time we get together, we explore the intersection of God's story and our story. And we do that by sitting down with a man or a woman and um, discovering their story and then finding how they found that God's story relevantly impacts their story. And, and really more than that, how, how they find their place, how their story fits into the epic story, God, that you are writing through all of eternity. And I just thank you so much for um, today's guest. Um, please welcome with me Boyd Bailey. Boyd, welcome to Step Into the Story. Thank you, Phil. I can't tell you how excited I am to hang out with you today. Well, um, Boyd, uh, what can I tell people about you? You are a, an author. You are um, somebody was asking me uh, about you the other day when they heard I was interviewing you, and they said, "What? How? How do you define Boyd?" And I said, "Well, I I would call him a ministry entrepreneur. Um, God mm. has used you." Um, you know, you've been an associate pastor. You've you've done different things. You served with with Crown Ministries for a time, but um, more than anything else, you're known for a couple different ministries that you're la- you've launched. And I want to talk about both of those today. But um, the reason we started step into the story is because we really believe at Walk Through the Bible that the Bible changes everything, that there is there is just something that happens when we connect to God specifically through his word, and, and not just secondhand through our pastor or our minister or our priest on Sunday, but, but that when we get alone with you, God, um, everything seems to change. And, and today, uh, t- Boyd, I know you share that that belief to the core of your being. Um, tell us a little bit about the ministry that you co-founded called Wisdom Hunters, will you? Uh, sure, I'd love to. Um, and, and let me just say this, Phil, as a, as a God a God shout out. Uh, the Daily Walk Bible, literally in my 30s, was defined my life. Uh, Howard Dayton, who was my mentor for seven years there at Crown, each year he would challenge us and he would send us a copy of the daily walk bible wow and that was our that was our conversation as a leadership team to what's god teaching you what did you what did what did the holy spirit lay on your heart this morning i mean it was so exciting and no wonder the ministry was exploding is because it was embedded in the word and in love and in prayer and in jesus and so just a shout out there. That, uh, that's so encouraging. Uh, yeah, oh, it's, it's turned just, my life inside out, too, through the years. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and the listeners probably know this, but just the way it's organized and, you know, kind of giving a, a, a good understanding of the context and the background and, you know, all these things that allow someone to not feel overwhelmed by the uh, massive, you know, impact or the truth of the scripture. So anyway, just a shout out. Oh, thank um, you. Appreciate that. And I still, yeah, you're welcome. And I still go back to it. I mean, it's got some 30 something year olds right now on the zoom call for the last three years, once a month. And I tell them, you know, here's a great resource. Here's a tool. And even with wisdom hunters, I literally at the beginning of each year, I hold it up on the video and I say, you know, please consider this daily walk Bible. So yeah. So wisdom hunters, um, 
there was a fiction book called Wisdom Hunters. You may remember yeah. Randall <clears throat> Randall Author back in the early nineties, and he's here in uh, South of Atlanta, and just a riveting fiction book about the challenge between grace and legalism and how grace wins. And it's really good book. So it, again, one of those in my uh, early thirties, late twenties, one of those books that just really rocked my world. And so I was having this round table with business guys. I was probably in my early forties and I said, Hey guys, just out of my own quiet time, I'm going to just start sending emails of what I feel like God's teaching me for my own accountability to spend time with the Lord each day and hopefully to challenge you to do the same. And so I started writing these little devotionals, maybe 2003, something like that. I had a friend tell me, don't write a book until you're older than 40 because you really don't have a good perspective on life. <laughs> it's probably good, good wisdom around that. So these business guys actually like the little concise, you know, words uh, around the scripture and some ideas on application. Uh, incidentally, the, kind of the purpose of Wisdom Hunters is applying unchanging truth in a changing world. That's right. what we wake up and do it every day. And so uh, it kind of grew out of that organically. We're about you know, 5,000 people were reading it, and it was like, well, this is cool. God's Word can go places I can't go. And then, and I'll give you a short version, Phil. Then this couple comes into our community group, and he just had brain cancer. He's early 30s. They have three kids under five. And his name was Ty. And Ty said, guys, I'm just so grateful I've had brain cancer because it brought me back to God. Mm. And as you can as you can imagine, he was just uh, devouring the word, devouring scripture, because he, he his, his sense of uh, time left on the clock was, you know, short. And so he, he loved Wisdom Hunters, as we branded it at that time. And I called this missionary that wrote this book, Wisdom Hunters, and said, hey, can I use your title of your book for this for this uh, online devotional content. He said, boy, this is God's book. You just use wisdom hunters however you want to use it. It's no wow, problem. That's great. And what a gen- what a generous guy. And so we kind of branded it because, you know, the scriptures talk so much about seeking God and seeking truth and hiding God's word in our heart and all this. So it's a very active kind of relationship toward the scripture. And so this friend, Ty, everybody he saw, he was sharing wisdom hunters and trying to get scripture trying to get hope trying to get life change into people's lives a year later still and i land the plane with this he says boy my father-in-law wants to send this to his employees is that okay and i said sure that's cool and so he so and then so his father-in-law starts sending this to five thousand employees and they love it and then the father-in-law says i want to meet boyd find out his name is cliff bartow he was the ceo of family christian at the time the old bookstore Wow. And Phil, for two years, every month, they would send a devotional promoting it, marketing it to, I don't know, 5 million customers or whatever. So that's how Wisdom Hunters was really launched. It was because one man felt called to get the word out. And I'm just very grateful Mm. for that. Uh, That's so great. And now have an impact literally all over the planet, which is, which is so thrilling. And so many, so many people start their day in in all different time zones, um, with, with wisdom hunters. Thank you for keeping your head screwed on straight and your, and your heart in the right place as God has blessed that. Cause as, as you and I both know, there's a lot of people that get pulled off course by success. Yeah. I have this monthly call or we meet in person with my four sons-in-laws and, you know, I tell them pretty regularly, I say, guys, I don't trust myself by myself. I said, I need you in my life. I need your 
loving accountability. I need your encouragement. Um, you know, I don't want to let you down. I want to be available for those that are going to be at my funeral and, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that, that I'm focused on the right priorities uh, in relationships. It's a re- it's another reason why we're in our community groups, studying the scriptures, getting together every two or three weeks. We've been together 12 years and we all know each other. You know, every couple's argued in front of the other couple, <laughs> you know, like, like real arguments, not like, Hey, we'll talk about that later, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, thanks for mentioning that because I think the bot, there's a reason we're the body of Christ and that is we need each other and we're much, much better together. Mm-hmm. Well, let's back the story up a little bit to, uh, to you in college, I uh, went to the Jacksonville State University, I believe. What did you study there? You know, I started out in business, and um, I actually became a Christian in college. I didn't grow up in church. So it, it was very interesting. Uh, Rita, who I'm married to now, I, I wanted to date her in freshman in college, and her dad said, well, if you're going to date my daughter, you have to go to church with us. And I thought, well, being in business, I need to do some market research. You know, <laughs> church people. There, there, there's church people everywhere. You know? <laughs> and so, Phil, I'm sitting in church, and, and, and my mom's a single mom. My dad left when I was five. And this pastor says something about, and God loves you. And even if you don't have an earthly father, you have a heavenly father. Wow. And I'm like melting. The gospel melted my heart. Uh, the Word of God went deep, 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 and I was discipled. So I went forward, became a Christian. The pastor said, boy, you're going to kneel down a sinner. You're going to pray. You're going to stand up a saint. And it was just, it it was life-changing for me. It, old things passed away. All things became new. And so a business guy, Tom Babcock, the pharmacist in town, he discipled me. And we were in the Word, my two friends, at least once a week in study. And then he said, now, I didn't know any better, Phil. Then this, he said, take an hour each day and get quiet in the word and in prayer mm. and, and, and let God change your heart through scripture. And so that's been the goal ever since. And so I actually shifted to a history major and went off to graduate school, went to seminary and I was, you know, I was ignorance on fire, but I was a sponge and I, I just couldn't get enough of it. It was so, so powerful. And my favorite classes were studying the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. those, that was it. I mean, to me, that was the eternal, truth of God. And I, and I've tried not to ever get over that. Mm. And yet God didn't waste the business side of you either. That explains the ministry yeah. entrepreneur description that I was given to a friend of mine about you. That's, that's so cool that, that there's no leftovers with God. You know, even when I, we go kind of went down that path for a while, wasn't right. Um, uh, went this way. God never wastes those apparent detours in our lives, does he? I love how you say that. You know, to me, it's God's will is based on the sequence of experiences and callings. And it, it, it typically builds, upon, you know, builds upon each other. And so, yeah, exactly. And he, I love how you said that he doesn't waste these, you know, opportunities. I love that. Mm. So with that business background too, and and now Wisdom Hunter's doing well. The other thing that God used you to help birth, um, and and this touches real close to me personally, um, is Ministry Ventures. And um, how would you describe Ministry Ventures to somebody who had not heard of it before? Well, and, and I'll give you that short answer, but let me just say this about Ministry Ventures. Um, my wife and I woke up, 
with four teenage girls. And with Crown Ministries, I was kind of the national sales guy, so I was traveling everywhere. And we came to the conclusion that other people could do what I was doing with Crown, but only I could be there for the four teenage girls. And I really believe the teenagers really need their dads, you know, just to be able to navigate freedom and be able to be confident in their walk with Christ and be there with them and just have that time investment. So, like you said, I'd always had this vision and calling to be able to birth a ministry to help leaders. And so Ministry Ventures, in a sentence, uh, was birthed to love leaders and help them fulfill the calling for ministry that God's put on their life. And so we came up with, we believe through prayer and and, uh, seeking the Lord, kind of five best practices of prayer strategy, you know, lest the Lord build the house, we all labor in vain. And then a board strategy, because we're only as good as the quality of our accountability and the board that God has over us. And then administration, you know, how we're going to do our operations and having a business plan. And then lastly was fundraising. And, you know, typically leaders gravitate toward the fundraising side first. And we we tried to spend uh, a lot of years helping people understand, no, it starts with our soul care and being in the word, being strong in our passion and love for the Lord and our families. That's got to be foundational. And then these other best practices as they're developed, uh, fundraising will naturally happen if we're staying strong in our walk with the Lord and we're seeking to be uh, accountable to the board and, you know, really having good systems and processes. And so, Anyway, it was a fun, fun time. I love leaders. And then we ended up merging after about 16 years with a group called Mission Increase, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is great because they're all over the country. And we I still serve on the advisory board uh, here in Atlanta. Yeah, you and I have known, I think, of each other for a long time. Um, but we almost, you, you don't know this, we almost got to spend a ton of time together because about 15 or 18 years ago, it looked like my time at Walk Through the Bible was coming to an end, and mm. um, I had uh, kind of gone half-time with Walk Through and incorporated it as my own ministry. And um, a, a mutual friend of ours, Andy Stanley, told me about Ministry Ventures, and mm. I was mm-hmm. I was just ready to reach out to you and go, hey, I hear this is like a greenhouse that helps new startup ministries get going, and uh, I know mm-hmm. sometimes you would even place one of your proven leaders, you know, on a ministry's board and I had a couple yeah. friends that were working with ministry ventures and then uh, God shifted things as, a, as he often does. And, um, Hey, a long time later, I'm still at walk through the Bible and been leading the ministry now for 14 years. But, um, I mm-hmm. just, I just want to thank you because I saw the impact of, of mm-hmm. ministry ventures up close, um, some folks in our church, uh, one woman especially who just had this great vision, but really mm-hmm. no idea on uh, the incorporation process, how do, you, how do you find committed board members, all of that. And um, Ministry Ventures just shepherded her through that process, and her ministry's going, going strong now. So that's, mm-hmm. that's so cool to see that. And, and what's, the, what's the ministry that now it's, it's merged with? If, yeah, it's called Mission, Mission Increase, okay. and, and and not surprisingly, Mission Increase came to our office when we first started. They had a little different model at the time, and so we just we were just friendly, you know, in the same ministry space all these years. And then when 
I was kind of feeling called to, you know, a different role with the National Christian Foundation, uh, which has turned out great because another passion area of mine is generosity and, you know, helping people support, you know, God's vision, God's ministry, the Great Commission. And so anyway, that, that again, like you were saying earlier, God works through relationships. And it was a, you know, 20-year relationship that ended up culminating. We didn't plan it this way, but then we came together and joined forces. Which incidentally, Phil, I'm wondering, even some listeners on the uh, podcast today, maybe it would be more God-honoring and more efficient to join forces with somebody. You right. know, sometimes sometimes God's will is one plus one equals ten. And uh, not always, but if you're in the same ministry space, there could be some complementary uh, efficiencies. You yeah, know, absolutely. And I think, you know, this whole season of COVID has has um, opened a lot more people's mind to that possibility. And, um, you know, I know at Walk Through the Bible, we're accelerating our growth in some areas as our traditional in-person ministry opportunities got got really, in a lot of ways, put on hold here and around the world. And, you know, we had things that we thought we might want to try technology-wise, and all of a sudden in COVID, that's the only option. And yeah. now as the churches are opening up, we're running through those doors, but we're not going to abandon the new things either. And, you know, it's, it's, it's also been a time where we, and I think so many ministries have said, um, what did God call us to? We went through some mm-hmm. really hard times that walked through the mm-hmm. Bible not long after I became president. And, you know, you get, you get to the point where you go, if we went away, what is the net loss to the body of Christ? Well, we're doing yeah. this. Yeah, but so-and-so does that even better than we do. We're doing this. Yeah, well, these, these guys are doing a good job at that. And, and it's really during those hard times, I think, that God uses us to focus. Everybody always says scarcity is the mother of invention. You know, mm-hmm. Well, it is, but it's also the mother of, of focus. And yeah. I, I just really affirm what you're saying because I think there's a lot of redundancy and, and wasted effort in, in the body of Christ. So um, yeah. if you're hearing what Boyd's saying and there's a prompting there, uh, at least begin the conversation uh, with God mm. in prayer and with, mm. with some other trusted friends and advisors because this is, this is the time. It's getting too late in the game to, to waste efforts. It just is. Yeah, and, and you mentioned COVID, Phil. Can I, if I could just give a little side note here, um, there's a lot of fear out there, even among Christians. And, 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 and the more I realize and remember the early church, you know, what we're going through, of course, is a walk in the park. And I'm not trying to minimize anybody's pain and hurt. We've lost very close friends that just have been so crushing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to minimize. I don't want to minimize anybody's grief because it's sorrow is real, and it's very been very difficult. But as I'm reminded of the Christian brand from day one of hospitality and love, and I think, boy, to my own brand, you know, am I, am I really seeing this as an opportunity to love well and to use my home as a sanctuary, you know, to bring people in for healing and encouragement? And so just an aside that I'm thinking what an opportunity for Christians for us to be on brand with love and hospitality and really use this as an opportunity to uh, be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Boy, I got a lot more who want to talk about. Um, want to take just a pause now and, and tell you about a, a couple of resources available from Walk Through the Bible. Actually, Boyd mentioned them, uh, the Daily Walk Bible 
And in addition to the Daily Walk Bible, there's now a Daily Walk podcast. So listen to this, and then Boyd and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Want to read through the Bible in one year with us? The Daily Walk Bible is designed to guide you through your daily reading of Scripture, taking you from Genesis to Revelation in the span of one year. Each day's reading includes several chapters of Scripture, an overview to give you a bird's eye view of the day's reading, an insight offering an interesting fact from the day's reading, and my daily walk, a short devotion to help you reflect on and apply a specific insight from the day's reading. Every seventh day offers a pause on the journey as you are invited to look back over the readings from the previous week, look up to God, and look ahead to the reading to come. This is the Bible reading plan that will get you through Leviticus. To find out more about the Daily Walk Bible and our other Daily Walk resources, go to walkthrough.org slash dailywalk. That's W-A-L-K-T-H-R-U dot O-R-G slash dailywalk. Read through the Bible with us in 2022. Well, welcome back to Step Into the Story in the second half of our conversation with Boyd Bailey. Um, Boyd, I'm glad you finally mentioned your four daughters. You said you had four sons-in-law. Pity the poor dad who has uh, four sons-in-law without having any daughters. That would be a, <laughs> that'd be a pretty bad assignment. And, yeah. and now also a grandfather. Um, how many grandkids? And uh, what is your grandpa name? Yeah, they call me Pop. Uh, which I like, and Rita is BB, which is Swahili or grandmother. And, you know, my new saying about grandparenting is there's a lot of things in life that are overrated, but being a grandparent is not one of them. And, I would agree uh, with that for sure. Yeah, we have a lot of them. We have uh, 11, it feels like 20 sometimes when they all show up. But we are having more fun, and we're trying to be intentional around, you know, paying for these events, whether it's a vacation or just having them over to our home and you know i'm learning if you pay they will come you know mm-hmm. which is not which is not a bad in fact i tell them we're gonna have a lot of fun you may not have much inheritance but we're gonna have a whole lot, whole lot of fun there you go in the meantime but phil we told our girls marry your best friend make sure your heart flutters and make sure this man loves the lord more than they love you i said there's a lot more to marriage than that but that's kind of a good beginning filter and don't don't date someone or marry someone that's going to become a ministry date someone or marry someone that you can do ministry with. And so we had a couple of close calls along the way because the girls had such big hearts. Um, but I have to say all the son-in-laws are best friends. Uh, they love each other. They love our daughters. And uh, we are just very, very grateful. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, before the break, we were we were talking a lot about your passion to get people into the scriptures and how um, I, I love your model that you just let your personal time with God and his word, then then out of that, the overflow of that really is is what you share through Wisdom Hunters. But even though I know every, every day is unique for sure, but can you sketch out um, for me and our listeners, can you sketch out for us kind of what a typical morning is like for you in, in terms of you connecting with God? I, I sure will, and and but let me just set it up just a second because uh, I think we, all of us would agree there's no formula, you right. know, to 
to to our becoming more like Jesus. We're all different. We're all a different season of life. We're all like certain types of learning and you know those types of things. I will say this though: that something that I think is a principle that I was reviewing, kind of thinking about our conversation today, and I went back to the old New King James. But the whole idea of abiding in the Word, you know, as Jesus talked about mm-hmm. in John, and then and then I'd forgotten Peter's teaching about the Word abiding in us. So you know, mm-hmm. the whole idea of, of 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 me abiding in the Word, and I kind of define that as loving God with my heart, kind of my heart abiding in scripture. Uh, I'm, I'm learning that if my heart is transformed and if I'm engaged on a heart level, if I'm loving God with my heart, it's a quicker path to the mind. Uh, in the past, if I've just been loving God with my mind, just gaining knowledge and, and, and not letting um, the word abide in me in a transformational way, it doesn't get to the heart as fast. And so I think there's a reason Jesus says when he starts talking about the progression of loving him, the greatest uh, command is to love heart, mind, and then continue soul and strength. So, um, mm. so, so as I mentioned earlier, you know, when the, when the clay is moist as a new believer and you don't know any better than to try to follow these uh, practices that have been kind of proven over 2000 years of abiding in the word, the word abiding to me, I wasn't necessarily using those terms back then, but I think I'm disciplined by nature. That's just kind of how God made me. And I'm excited that the word disciple, you know, is based on the word discipline. And so, again, I have to be careful that my discipline does not replace my devotion mm-hmm. because the because the devotion is what keeps my time with the Lord fresh and vibrant in a loving relationship. And so, Or, or that you take, um, for those who aren't as disciplined, that you create a model that depends on a high level of personal discipline and, and then people try what you suggest. And because the model doesn't exactly line up, then they go, well, I guess I'm just not good at this. This is something that's not going to be part of my life. So I I think that's a huge insight that you've just provided. You nailed it, Phil. And that's why I wanted to frame this with the word abide, because the good thing about abiding is we can all do that. Yeah. You know, abiding means to remain, to stay, uh, to practice the presence of the Lord, uh, in whether it's his word that's been, we've hidden in our heart or just living out the word. I, you know, to me, it's kind of like spiritual exercise. I'm, I'm, I'm ingesting the word every day, you know, bringing it into my body, soul, and spirit. And then as I interact with people, starting with my family during the day with love is the, lubricant i'm working out that truth that he's teaching me and it to me that that allows us to be spiritually healthy mm-hmm. as we as we ingest the word and then we kind of exercise it out in our daily opportunity to love people which is to me so so exciting but i can't i can't rest on yesterday's humility for example you know to, for me humility has a very quick expiration day yeah. so i have to uh, you know, pride is constantly lurking. So each day, what the word does, it just gives me this bath, washes the pride away, washes the selfishness, all these things that are unhealthy, and replaces it with healthy uh, character traits. So by nature, I get up early. My wife's a night owl. I'm a morning dove. So for years, I've gotten up early. Depends on what time I go to bed. I try to go. To, I'm trying to be asleep at nine thirty. So I'm up at five five thirty. But for me, that's a sanctuary time. It's just quiet. And, and, you know, I really think silence is the language of God. And that's how, that's where he speaks. 
for me through his word and just through looking at nature and praying and thinking and reflecting. So I try to block, again, this is a season of life I'm in now. For right. years, the goal was to have an hour. Well, now I have a little more time. So I try to have two hours every morning reflecting, praying, reading. Um, I have a rhythm I go through. I, 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 I change it up because I, I like to have variety. And then I, then I write. So I try to have my time in prayer in the words about an hour or so. And I try to write for an hour. And that's kind of my daily mm. routine. So r- writing for me helps flesh out what God's teaching me. And on the Wisdom Hunters, I didn't, I didn't want it to be just, you know, good academic information, which I think is important. But I want, there to, I want there to be emotion in the words. You know, I want to be concise. I want to be clear. I want to be compelling, scriptural. But I want it to be, hey, Boyd, I'm struggling with this particular issue right now because I felt rejected. And I had to come to my father and make sure my heart was right. And then I had to go to my friend and have a conversation because if I'm going to bring my gift to the altars, the scripture says in worship, I have to first go and at least seek to be made whole with my brother. And, you know, things like that, I, I want to try to, the hard thing, the, I call it hard love. You know, the hard love, uh, it's easy to high five Christians and, you know, talk about what God's doing. Sure. But, but then, especially in the South, am I really relationally keeping no record of wrongs, which is what love talks about. And so am I doing the hard love that the scriptures talk about so that each day in my time with the Lord, it's like I'm becoming more and more intimate with my heavenly father. I, I like this analogy, Phil, about dollar cost averaging. Like we talk about in finances, you mm-hmm. know, you, it's not very, it's not very sexy. Steady plotting brings prosperity. Hasty speculation brings ruin. The proverb teaches. But I think it's the same in our time with the Lord. Dollar cost averaging regularly with him, whether it's in the morning, afternoon. The reason I like the morning is I'm fresher. The day hasn't gotten off. And a lot of times he'll direct me to do things that I didn't realize I was supposed to do or to not do things that I was to do. And it just kind of gives me that confidence that I'm a beloved child of God in whom he is well pleased. And I can live in the power of the Spirit because he loves me and he's called me to love others. And I don't know, it just kind of reaffirms every day. You know, I like what C.S. Lewis says. He said, most of us don't need more truth. We just need to be reminded. Yeah, that's right. And I think, I think there's a lot of truth there. How many times in the Bible does it say remember or, or even state in a negative way, don't forget? But so many yeah. times, remember, remember, remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, wow. That's that's really great perspective for sure. Um, I would say that's been the single greatest change in my life. Obviously I'm, I'm like you and everybody else who's listening, got a long ways to go and becoming a better dad, a better husband, um, better. I'm not pop. I'm pops, but uh, a <laughs> whole new role. And how do you, how do you lead adult children? How do you know when to just shut up and chew on your tongue and let them make mistakes um, rather than wanting to intervene. And I mean, every season brings its new challenges. And yet in the word is the wisdom that we're hunting for. And that's, yeah. that's just why I love, I love the name of your ministry. Um, well, 
And, and, and you, you made a great statement, Phil. I, I, these four sons-in-law to say, guys, I'm not here to tell you what to do, but to support you in what you do. But if you ask my opinion, I will share yeah. it with you. And literally every week, um, we, I have a conversation with one of them. And I think they feel a little safer for me. I don't have the dad kind of intimidation factor. Right. Uh, though, right. though, though obviously I'm some type of, you know, father figure, et cetera. But, uh, and then the other thing is, uh, making more, uh, providing margin in my calendar. I, I don't know, two years ago, right around COVID at the beginnings, I said to my wife, I said, I want to pray more, think more, do less and accomplish more. Mm. Pray more, think more, do less and accomplish more kind of God's economy. And because of not driving as much now and going to places for meetings, having people in my home for meetings. And I told the son-in-laws every Wednesday, I have no appointments. I asked my assistant, no appointments on Wednesday. I want you to know that that day is available for you. Mm. And they take me up on it. And and it's been, it's been great. It's been great at midweek to have that buffer to know if there's people in my life that really need me, that love me and know me better than anybody. I've got availability for them in my schedule. Mm. Wow. Wow. I know um, you list several other things. I think I'm reading a pretty outdated version of your of your bio because according to this, you have three grandchildren and you actually have <laughs> eleven. But um, it, it mentions in here, you know, that you and Rita enjoy missions. You invest in, love to invest in young couples, um, hiking, reading, traveling, and working through your bucket list. Um, Boyd, what are a couple of things? still on uh, your bucket list, you and Rita, uh, that you've yet to check off? What are what are a couple of the things you're looking forward to? Yeah, I told Rita, I said, if you marry me, I promise you, you will never be bored. I made the she same said. promise to Ellen. I said, <laughs> I said, good chance you're not going to be rich, but I promise boredom will not be part of our family culture. And uh, she, I think I fulfilled that promise. You feel good about that? I feel great. She said, you have under-promised and, and, and way over-delivered. All right, said, sweet. That's good. <laughs> well, I'm fortunate to serve on a board that uh, has these destination board meetings at, at these cool places. So we had one in August, uh, the end of August in Tuscany. And I love history. <clears throat> so this was our third trip to Italy. So we had four days of board meeting. Then we had 11 days of just checking out, you know, Florence and Rome and Chicotera, which are the cities along the coast. And the reason I love over um, international travel is I feel like, first of all, it's, it's just a cool, you meet cool people, all God's creation, you know, and all this beautiful geography. But to me, my theology is better after being with people that love Jesus. And maybe they believe a little bit different than I do about certain matters. And right. then it causes me to have to, you know, search the scripture, make sure my heart's right. Am I motivated? What's my motivation? You know, with whatever it is that I'm believing that may or may not be true. And so, so yeah, part, part, part of it is we love travel. And fortunately in my calling in life, sometimes those two go together and I can kind of piggyback, you know, some fun time with some um, ministry time or a work time. I would say the other thing is hey, hey, before, before you yeah. go to the other one, are you familiar with Mark Twain's quote about travel? Um, you, no. you probably are, but listen, listen to this. 
He said, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Wow. That's a book right there. That is so good. I've never seen that. Never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe part part of Jesus's wisdom to go out in all the world, right? And make disciples. Yeah. I mean, we always think of it as this is what I'm going to go give. But have you ever come home from a trip and not said, man, I may have dumped a bunch of content, um, but I'm coming home with a bigger view of God, with a different Mm -hmm. ideas about what his church really is. And, uh, just it just seems like my emotional suitcase is is always full, even if my physical bags are drained out there. So anyway, that's a, that's a beautiful way to say it. we're a better. I'm a better version of myself when I have those types of experiences. Seems to be, mm. and, then, and then I just I would share one more. Uh, both reading uh, our maternal, uh, actually my maternal grandmother, her paternal grandmother, um, just defined us. around Jesus and around, you know, seeking God in prayer and God's word. And, and, uh, so we remind ourselves every day or pretty often, what are we doing to be intentional to love and invest into these grandchildren, you know, being available for them, uh, taking them on trips. We've got this idea when they turn 12, you know, either take them to Washington, DC or to Philadelphia or to some of these historical areas to really, you know, have an excuse to get to know them better and for them to get to know us. Try not to miss any of their ball games. You know, try to vacation with them. We all went to Acadia this summer, and then we're down at the beach, you know, a few weeks ago. I mean, and, and you know, and it's these silly little moments where I'm playing crab in the water in the ocean, and, you know, and, and then the daughters take pictures, and they say, Dad, I can't tell you how meaningful this is. Well, to me, I'm just, I'm feeling worn out playing crab. I'm not even thinking about, <laughs> you know, I'm not thinking about the legacy part of it, but, but to me, after reflecting on it, there's another piece of the legacy puzzle. You know, the legacy puzzle is not this grand scheme of trying to have this perfect plan as a grandparent. I think it's more just showing up yeah. and, and trusting God to open doors to love them, love them well. So those would be our two. And the great thing is we can combine those passions. We could, take the sure. grandchildren on some of these tri- mission trips, et cetera, like we used to do with our daughters. Mm. Hey, Boyd, I, I hate to land this plane and in this conversation, but um, I, I so appreciate you just just sitting down today and, and sharing these things. I'm excited about your new book, The Spiritual Life of a Leader. Um, mm. I, I need that. I've not read it yet, but I'm definitely looking forward to it, and I'm I know that a lot of these same life lessons that have been forged through, through just decades of daily faithfulness, um, I need it as a as an older guy in ministry. You and I definitely more in our rearview window than there is in our windshield. But um, mm-hmm. especially for young leaders, if we can help men and women who are are just getting going or hitting the big wall for the first time, um, really excited about that book, the spiritual life of a leader. But if, um, if, if I could ask you to, um, you, gave, you gave a lot of really good principles about connecting with God through his word, but 
to end our conversation today, I, w- I want you to picture a man or a woman who's um, listened to this conversation today and they've, they've nodded in agreement because it rings true, um, but either they've never tried that before or, or they've tried it and they hit a rut or there just wasn't the, the immediate payback that we're conditioned to expect and hope for. What would you say to a man or woman that, that isn't, isn't having success or fruit or fulfillment in, in connecting with God through his word? What, what specifically can they do later today or this evening or maybe first thing tomorrow morning? What, what would you say? Just, just try this. Try this mm. and try it for a couple of weeks. I mean, do dollar cost averaging. You're not going to get mm. the same payback every day. It's not linear. But but mm. what practically can they do later today or tomorrow morning? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say first of all, have this mind, have this mindset that the person, the one who loves you the most who has always loved you, who created you, who will love you the, the most going forward has written a personal love letter just for you, just for the season you're in, just for the fears that you're encountering, just for the challenges that you're having, just for the sorrow that you're experiencing, just for the joys that you're celebrating. Your great lover of your soul has a personal message. And then I would say this, take the Psalms, or the Proverbs are both. Psalms are the beautiful quiet times of David that he had and other psalmists that they wrote about their experience with God. And a lot of them is their experience of challenges. And then other times they're celebrating God's faithfulness. But take the Psalms, maybe five a day, based on the the day of the month, and then just add 30 days to it. So today's the 23rd, I think, 25th. 25th, And start on the start on Psalm 25, add 30 to that, Psalm 55, and just work through. You can do five psalms a day, and you can do that in 30 days. And then lastly, I would say, Phil, have a friend that will do this with you. Say, will you go through the psalms with me for 30 days? And then text them each day what God's showing you, how he's loving you, what he's teaching you. And then once a week, talk to each other on the phone for about 20 minutes. And it's been rich. Here's what I've been learning. What are you learning? So there's that loving accountability. There's that loving interaction of the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in our life. I would, I would say that. Keep it simple. Realize that you're a beloved child, loved by your Heavenly Father, and whom He's well pleased. And He's got a love letter He wants to, for you to experience and to read. Mm, that's so much different perspective than I was raised with, where this is, mm-hmm. you know, it's some kind of legalistic obligation. If you don't do this, then you're going to have a terrible day. And, you know, to, mm. to approach it and just acknowledge our relationship with God is like any mm. other relationship. It's going to thrive or it's mm. going to stagnate based on how, how much we communicate and that, that mm. communication is two ways, us praying mm. to God and God speaking to us a number of ways, mainly through his word. And you with Rita and me with Ellen, I mean, We've both had seasons where we didn't make the effort and those relationships drift. And so yeah. if, if you're listening to Boyd and me talk today, um, try this, try mm. this. Whether you use mm. the Psalms or Proverbs yeah. is great. You can pick whatever date it is and read that proverb and just say, God, show mm. me 
How am I following this? How am I ignoring this? What do I need to do today to get it off the page and into my life? That's that's why Wisdom Hunters exists. Uh, Boyd, if people wanted to connect with you or Wisdom Hunters, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, it's just wisdomhunters.com, and it's a daily free email. And I have two other people, uh, my son-in-law, Tripp, who's a Anglican minister, and then Shanna Shuti. She's been writing for us for six or eight years. She's out of Colorado. And it's just been a blessing to get get God's word out. And the app is really robust as well. There's podcasts on it. There's uh, there's a Bible on it. There's the daily the daily devotionals. I think they'll they'll really enjoy, and it'll be a blessing to them. Mm. Well, this is just bullseye of why I wanted to start stepping to the story. Um, mm-hmm. Not only hearing the story of somebody who has really found their story in God's mm-hmm. story, uh, but also inviting other people into that adventure. Boy, thank you for committing not just the, the past 40 minutes or so to this, but you're, literally your whole life to this. Mm-hmm. And um, let's let's you and Rita and Ellen and me get together pretty soon. For everybody else that we don't live here locally with, um, I invite you to get together um, next time on Step Into the Story. This is exactly the conversation that we love to have. So we'll see you next time that we get together. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for the Step Into the Story podcast, powered by Walk Through the Bible. We'd love to hear what you think by giving us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, don't miss a single episode by clicking the subscribe button. If you'd like more resources to help you explore and live God's word in your daily life, visit walkthrough.org. That's W-A-L-K-T-H-R-U dot O-R-G. Walk through the Bible. Take a walk. Change the world.